Morning, Kaylin. Good morning. Happy Sunday. How are you? Happy Sunday. I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. How are you? I'm good. I actually also have Monday and Tuesday off work, so uh, taking uh, taking a huge vacation over here. Yeah. Where are you going? Oh, gosh. (laughs) The saddest (laughs) question I've ever had to answer. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely nowhere. Um, (laughs) No, I just like, you know, when just like you get to a point where weekends are just not feeling recharging enough, I just needed some extra time. So I feel you on this weekend in particular, and probably every weekend coming up for the next bit with uh move and everything coming up so yeah yeah Yeah. that's nice though i think it's important to still take time for yourself and like it's so easy to like throw that away when you don't have like a plan or something but you shouldn't especially now that it's kind of like a bit colder it feels like there's kind of even less places to go it's not like the prospect of taking vacation doesn't seem fun but i just kept hitting sunday and then feeling like oh man, I do not feel ready to start again tomorrow. So, and I realized like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I started work in February and I haven't taken other than like a couple days, like two days. I haven't really taken any time off like here. Like, I mean like in a concentrated fashion. So I just figure I'll just take like a couple days and then with the holidays coming up, we'll have like a week and a bit off. So that'll be nice. Yeah. And yeah, like you probably have, then some vacation to burn I assume yeah. you can't like carry it all over so um. I think it will carry over to next year which hopefully will be for the best um but I don't get a ton of vacation in this job mm-hmm. anyways compared to like previous jobs so mm, yeah. may as well save some of it I guess true true it's so um, funny when you like speak to people who work in Europe and hear how many weeks of vacation they have. And I am just like, I am wasting my life away working for a North American company. This is ridiculous. It's true. Like what? Six weeks is like the minimum kind yeah. of thing, right? Like it's usually like eight or more. Like, I don't know. And for, and for whatever reason, I feel like, well, I know there's a bunch of companies that have this idea of unlimited vacation, but there's also a bunch of companies where like, it doesn't even matter what position you're coming in at or how long you've been working for you restart at the three weeks again. And I'm like, I've built up from three weeks so many times it feels now that I don't know. It's just like super frustrating. I hear you there. I remember that too. And it's like, yeah, that, that is a huge pain. Just having to go back and reset. Like, no, I put in my dues here already. I like got up to my four weeks that took, you know, two years or whatever at another place. And right. You know? Yeah. I guess that is one of my benefits of like, employing myself i can yes. give myself as much vacation as i want but none of that is paid so <laughs> honestly so, yeah i've been like trade-off. i've been thinking so much about that and i'm just like i cannot there is no way that for the rest of my life i can do this like this kind of like nine to five with the three weeks of vacation and like the, it's it's just like the mo- and it's not even a- just about like, oh, I don't enjoy it. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for all of us to be working these like five days a week with these like a- allotted vacations. Like, I don't even think it's most efficient for the company. I think there's an, an absurd amount of time spent with people just sitting at their computers being unproductive when you could otherwise just give them more time off, have them work less days. And I think we would get just as much done. Like I'm wholeheartedly convinced i agree i think so i mean you see other companies that are trying out like four days a week uh, as like more of a model or like yeah 30 hours a week and like you know being successful with it um i don't know how it scales but it probably you know probably better like yeah it can be exhausting to work 40 hours and just have to be in your chair when, all the time i'm doing that right now and it's yeah. uh yeah some days it's just like a slog whereas like when i'm able to work when i'm motivated and just like make sure that i'm getting stuff done i much prefer that so yeah i don't know that's one of my trade-offs too is like i with like contracting versus kind of freelancing pro on a project basis like right now i'm doing the more of the contracting route and it's like less cognitive overhead to go and source clients and worry about you know piecing like um the projects together and estimating and all that it's just like here's my hourly rate and let's go for a set period you know that it's like all booked up but yeah it's 
um it's kind of that 40 hours a week type of thing and for for a bit and then i'm uh and then i'm off so there's yeah. good, there's good parts about it but it's like i would still prefer to just kind of i feel like if i was better at estimating confidently and you know finding more projects like that then i would probably go for that where i would say like you know oh yeah here's the project and the faster i get it done the faster i get paid and like and if i want to take my time or take days off i can do that as long as i'm sticking to the deadline that is set yeah and i also really like kind of like things having a start and end and and like you said i don't really care it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh it's gonna end on december 5th but just knowing that there is like a start and an end to things. I feel like I've even kind of chosen jobs that like, like I've been a project manager. I'm an agile coach. I work on projects or teams for generally like a certain period of time. And then I move on to the next thing, which is kind of how my brain works. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I wouldn't enjoy doing a type of job where you work on like the same thing in perpetuity. Uh, yeah, I like there being kind of like distinct start and finishes, but I think um, it's still embedded within kind of like the the nine to five structure. So there's some like ongoingness to it, obviously. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think like that. Yeah, I do really like that about contract work, too, is like I can take something on and, you know, I can choose to extend it. If I keep a short like I took on this contract that I'm on now and it was two months and then we decided to add another two months to it and you know, I might do another um, part-time contract with them in the future or like something that aligns better to what I'm like seeking for like balancing out like the side projects and, and, um, and money. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so like, I don't know. It's, um, yeah, it's just like, forget where I was going with that. (laughs) Such as Sunday. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we kind of got off on a tangent over there, but I, uh, I don't. I mean, I only know of a few things going on with you because of uh, reading your tweets. And when I did that, I felt like I was cheating for the podcast. So I was like, I'm not going to read these tweets. Um, uh, I'm only half you're kidding. To read. <laughs> <laughs> so I blocked you. Um, <laughs> so I muted Cam. And then uh, no. So yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of what's been going on on your end? Yeah, sure. I guess I'll start with. Twitter stuff actually is kind of interesting because I've been tweeting more and I felt like I feel like that was actually this is something that I did intentionally say like when I was going into this contract I knew I wouldn't have much time for you know actually working on side projects and coding and like all that but I could find ways to make time for like growing whether you call it like an audience or a network or whatever on uh, socials and Twitter um and i've been pretty active on that recently and it's been going pretty well i feel like i'm starting to figure it out i actually um there's like a video course i feel like a real lame ass for like taking this course but it was like i don't know however much 50 bucks or something uh and this guy kind of distills his like tips for twitter and it's not just like go follow and unfollow these people or like secret hacks. It's kind of just like the basic premise. So the guy's name is Daniel Vassalo and I'll try to put that, uh, the course in the show notes. Um, and it's a course on, you know, getting value out of Twitter and growing your audience. It's basically like everyone can grow a Twitter audience. And you know, the basic premise is just like in order to be interesting on Twitter, you should be interesting off Twitter so like do interesting things and you know i feel like by nature of like working on things on the side and like entrepreneurship and coding like you can always pick out things that are interesting and find ways to um you know to just share that back it kind of goes back to what i've been trying to do this year as one of my kind of overarching goals which is like learning more in public mm-hmm. so um i would say yeah i don't know that course was definitely worth watching um, just because it was more about these kind of like little tactical things and, you know, um, and a lot of it's common sense. Um, you know, it's like if you just keep tweeting to nobody, nobody's going to see it. It doesn't matter how good those tweets are. So you kind of have to go out and like interact with people and and you can grow your audience at first by maybe like sharing some posts on like 
Hacker News or Indie Hackers or mm-hmm. uh, Reddit and then kind of funneling them back over to Twitter. And Oh, like and, like sharing your own posts on those platforms, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Like Got whether it. you're sharing the tweet threads or maybe you're sharing a blog post and then it kind of like call to action, send people back to your Twitter account. So, but yeah, like it's kind of like that's how you can start building up a bit of a, an audience. And then I've already noticed like, you know, now that like a few of, like really I'm not looking for like a fan base or anything here like it's more like other bootstrappers indie hackers and people that I can learn from so I follow those people kind of get involved in the conversation and um and it's and then it's it's cool because like now when I put out like a thread on you know some ideas like database design topics or like whatever and even if I don't like so one thing that can be helpful in that is if you like tag someone or mm-hmm. like a cer- the framework that you're using or something like that. And then it might get retweeted, get some visibility. Right. Um, but now I'm also noticing like I can kind of put out threads. And as long as they're interesting, there's like already some people who are kind of like following along and it gets sh- showed to them and starts spreading a bit from that. And I don't really have that many followers, but it's just like it gets the there's this group that we can have conversations with. And so, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's been that part's been pretty interesting. I will say though, like the whole addictive part of Twitter is hard to like, you know, just set aside and be like, this is only for, you know, growth and business purposes. But like, it's still uh, that like uh, notifications kind of like dopamine hits and stuff. And trying to avoid that is difficult, you know, trying not to refresh Twitter often. Gabby will tell you that i'm pretty bad at that right now so trying to figure out how to deal with that a bit better because it's a balance between like you kind of want to be there when people are answering your stuff because it helps to promote more engagement and things Mm -hmm. like that so i don't know yeah i feel like i hear i hear a lot of people on podcasts who are heavily in the twitter space say the same thing i am not there uh i yeah i'm not much of a I gonna sound like an old person. I'm not much of a tweeter, so uh, I don't even know if that's what people call it. Um, it's funny. I was like, su- when Twitter first came out, I was super into it, but it was so much more of a social platform for me and my friends back then. And I may or may not have mentioned this on the podcast before, but at some point, probably like six, six years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wipe my whole Twitter and just archive it and start from scratch, and it's gonna. I'm going to be a professional Kaylin on Twitter. And so I wiped my Twitter and I didn't touch it for like, I don't know, probably until this year because starting from a blank slate is also just like so tricky, I guess I was, it felt difficult. I didn't really know what to talk about. I still don't. So anyways, I, yeah, I like kind of click around and tweet small things here and there, but I've been enjoying kind of watching you and reading your threads. I, I definitely see like the value that other people get out of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it is a really valuable tool. So I think you're definitely headed in the right direction. I'm not sure for me personally how much interest I have in like making use of it right now, but um, I like to poke around. I definitely also mute certain words because it's just like, I feel like the vibe on Twitter can be more negative than certain other social platforms that I'm on. And so there's certain topics that I just have muted because I just it's just not what I want to engage with when I go um, on the platform. I think that's a, also a function of who you follow. But yeah, I found that, yeah, there's a certain nature of posts that I just like don't want to engage with right now. Yeah, it definitely does have tendencies to shift towards like the current thing, even if you are kind of curating a list of like, I don't know, I just want to use it for learning about technology and entrepreneurship. It's like, well, when the US elections come up, like, right that's all you hear about anyway because like everyone's thinking about that fair enough but it is distracting and can be you know just an added noise uh that maybe you don't need in your life and it's hard to know when those days are coming up versus when it's like a day that you're actually going to get some good value out of it yeah um yeah actually one thing just about like not knowing what to tweet i feel like the same thing like often and kind of one thing that i've just been asking myself at the end of the day is like what's been interesting today like what did i learn today or what like what was a cool thing that i found it could be like a small little tip in vs code like a code thing or it could just be like an interesting process oriented thing or you know sometimes if i'm 
also just like sitting in the morning having my coffee like i don't just sit there at like at my computer sometimes i'll just sit there and have a coffee on the couch and just like think you know and that can like kind of bring brainstorm some ideas i actually think it's pretty cool for like whether like take twitter out of it and it's still just like kind of just journaling almost like you just write down whatever your thoughts are and put them out there at the time and kind of yeah it can be good for like this introspection and uh and just reflection i guess yeah Yeah. cool so i think it's been uh sorry one last thing i think it's been a long journey of like i feel like a year and a half ago you were kind of like i don't know if i want to get into twitter now here we are yeah man i can't believe yeah like it's kind of a long journey in general right like this whole thing of like oh this year like i think i said you know when we started this podcast it's like gonna go and like start my own business and all this stuff and you know that actually is kind of working well but like it's now been a year or more since we started recording this podcast yeah um and yeah it's just like wow time time flies and like you know yeah there has been a lot that gets done in that time but there's also like not like not a lot has changed either you know like to get to the point where it's gonna be like i have a profitable kind of like i don't know product business that feels like it could be ages away still um but yeah it's it's time is weird especially this year i guess yeah this year is a particularly interesting one how nice would it be to just go like on a vacation like and just yeah do that that'd be sweet because it's funny i think like not the first conversation but one of the more first serious conversations or the first thing that we recorded though we didn't publish was just over a year ago when we were in spain and we were having our initial brainstorming session about everything like name graphics structure like all that kind of stuff for the podcast and i think yeah, well, I'm definitely not in a place where I have uh, started any business in the past year. I've learned a lot and these conversations have been, uh, have contributed to just like my life for sure. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, yeah, it has been a pretty big growth year um, personally. So yeah, just got to keep going. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So also personal life, getting ready to move um, in basically i don't know a couple weeks we got the keys to our place early it's in the same building i was telling you this before yeah but it you know part of that is just kind of coming to peace with like i'm not gonna have much time for side project stuff and uh that's yeah i don't know i i wanted to like spend this weekend doing you know like coding getting this mvp ready like working hard on that and that's just not gonna happen and uh, i gotta be like okay with that for the next month or so as like things are just gonna be quite busy with moving luckily it's in the same building we have some time to do it but um but yeah and and yeah it's just like exhausting to do all these things at once so trying to give myself breaks on where where i can like i might try to slow down on the spanish lessons as well for a bit because that alone is a lot of mental overhead. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's fair. Yeah. I uh, when does your current contract end? Uh, December twenty third oh, okay. is like basically right before Christmas, and yeah. then we're probably gonna renew for like a part time basis in the new year Got for like it. two days a week. Probably. But yeah, there's not really like much time in December for you to like take a chunk and do some work. So that's fair. Not really. Yeah, a bit. You know, holidays will be holidays busy yep. if we go see family which i'm assuming we will but i don't know what the state will be right like yeah day of the world but assuming that happens it'll be just kind of a whirlwind tour going around um yeah yeah and then let's see i can't remember like last episode how much i had done on the uh the app side of things i didn't do a lot since then last weekend i spent some time on like database uh and figuring out like how to structure my queries and API um, calls, I guess, for like permissions, kind of like authentication. And then also figuring out because the app will basically have like different kinds of users. There's going to be and they access it from different ways, which is a bit of a mental like challenge for me to Mm -hmm. figure it like it's just like there's there's a lot of like meta um 
in this and i guess i'll try to describe that in like usually you have users right and yeah they use your app they come log in and they use the things but like my users will also have users so i'm calling those visitors just to right. like keep it clear that like they have visitors to their website because this will be a widget that they install on their app or website and it will you know do guided tours and um like product tours uh and so it needs to load up and then kind of have some sort of um analytics and knowing what to show their visitors and so i'm trying to build the permission structure for like what can a visitor see um and what can one of my users see and then right. kind of like this more like um probably like a super user which would just be me to be able to see like um any of the data from any users really yeah so like there's not it's hard to search for this kind of <laughs> uh, but once you know what you're looking for you can kind of find it a bit better and it's kind of like there are different ways of designing your database or multiple database depending how you're doing your SaaS. but for mm -hmm. like a lower price service it kind of makes sense to have a single database got it um rather than like a database per user per customer or per they call it tenant but that could be like right. a company you know because um that's better for data separation concerns yeah and you can you may start doing that down the road if you have like enterprise clients they might need it for certain compliance issues mm -hmm. or compliance regulations um so right now i'm just trying to that's expensive like i'm just yep. trying to get off the ground with like single database and so kind of the like key words here are like single database multi-tenancy right and so just finding a way to have multiple tenants within the same app and um and basically it comes down to having a tenant id or a company id whatever you want to split them by yeah on each shared database um <laughs> database table mm -hmm. um so that you can look up by that id and and then making sure that you're kind of protecting against that somehow um in your api so that your like calls to your database always have like the where clause of like where tenant equals this so that right. they can't just like access that but you want to make sure that your your client can't just pass in you know data that overrides that and like right. you know because sometimes your orm uh sometimes your database client can like um have sneaky ways to like let that data through and yeah. override that so it's kind of security challenges um that come up when you do a single base a single database pattern you got to make yeah. sure that you have that kind of locked down tightly so i put out a thread on that on twitter half to be like here's what i learned this weekend and then half of it like getting some validation from like eyes and like industry professionals and people are like yeah this seems sane you know yeah this yeah okay so so that was just one example of like how twitter was actually like super useful to me it was yeah and it's interesting because yeah. i don't know if you actually ended up talking to diego or not but we were having like a similar conversation of just like i, I mentioned before that the app that we're working on there's a a similar a version of it that's open source but it's it's meant like it's not uh available in like a retail sense like you can't buy it and use it so you could install it yourself so it's it's not meant for multi-tenancy it's just meant for you know your your own usage and so we were having similar conversations around like how do you set up databases for multi-tenant apps and i was like i don't know i imagine a ton of people have done it because it's like a common issue but it was then funny to just see you kind of like tweeting about something similar yeah i just think that most examples in like textbooks or like apps that you i don't know like example apps and stuff they just deal with like as though there's only one user or one like um, company using this. Right. It's like great for internal tools or things that are okay to be open, like blog posts and stuff. I mean, uh, that's not true necessarily because you shouldn't be allowing like someone else to make your blog posts. You know, you still have yeah. some auth uh, authorization that needs to happen. But yeah, it's just something that doesn't get a lot of attention and it's a bit hard to search. So yeah, Diego mentioned that he wanted to talk about that, so I should probably message him um, yeah, and just show off. Uh, I don't think it's urgent, but internals. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but that would be cool. Yeah, and then um, the only other thing I have on here is about accounting and taxes, and kind of 
feel like I messed up my how I have been um, invoicing or like not super badly. It's just that like I basically think I'm going to lose um, money like to I'm basically going to get taxed more than I would like to um, surprise, I guess, to everyone that taxes, you know, eat up a lot of your revenue, but doesn't have to. And unfortunately, I've been like operating mostly as a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. And so that here means that um, when I invoice like that money goes to me directly, it's still under my company, but like I get taxed on my personal income tax for it. Yep. Whereas I had set up this company that originally I was planning to use for beer finder, but like I still have this company or I could set up a new, uh, sorry, corporation mm-hmm. and I could just set up a new corporation basically and invoice my clients through that. And, yeah. um, and when you're a corporation that makes under $500,000, you get taxed only at about 10%. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's 10.5%. And so versus if you start making, you know, decent money as a, like you get taxed for whatever the personal rates are um, when you just do it as a sole proprietor. And so that can go up to like, I don't know, 50 something percent if you get up to like 200K plus. Right. Um, but even if you're in like the, I don't know, 60 or I don't know what the ranges are really, but you're, you're probably starting around 30 and up to like 45 or something. Um, and so that's, obviously a lot more tax to pay but still and um, I, I mean i'm not an expert here but still even if you ran it as a corporation any money that you took out and paid yourself wouldn't you have to pay income taxes on that anyways yes and so here's where it is how how here's her here's where it would have helped me is because i'm planning to um have less income next year because right. i'll be working more towards like building my own stuff and so i was planning to take on less clients and so um and i didn't i am planning to like sit on this um money as savings kind of so it's like that could just sit in the business got it um and that is yeah basically right now i'm getting taxed on all of that so everything that i make this year right away but it could have just been taxed at 10 percent, and then when i want to withdraw it then i get taxed on top of that 10 percent, but at the personal rate but if that personal rate is below uh like it will be below um kind of like the uh i don't know what it would have been because i can maybe split that over to multiple years yeah so maybe i just pull out thirty thousand dollars next year uh instead of pulling out like the full amount that i have like right made, and like know. so i guess yeah the only downside is that like the top portions of that money this year are going to get taxed at like a much higher marginal rate than if you were to keep it in the corporation and take it out uh, next year. Yeah. And it's mostly relevant right now because I'm not planning to take on as much right work next year. So, you know, it's, and, and just generally, I think it you can kind of deal with this better through dividends and, um, and like, um, salary through your corporation yeah um but i'm no expert at this and hey whatever like i messed this up or i wouldn't even call it messing up it's like i probably did better than i thought i was going to this year and so it's like a nice problem to have yeah um but it's something i'm gonna take forward next year i don't know if it's even too late to like shift that income to be to the corporation instead of to my account like Mm -hmm. to my personal name um i have no I'll have to deal with that with my accountant because that's out of my expertise. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, so I just wanted to like touch on that. If anyone else is in a similar situation or thinking of like going out on their own, like, yeah, it's a bit of a pain to set up a corporation and then you have to kind of, you know, figure out the ways of like giving your, like paying yourself from it through salary and dividends. But I feel like once you figure that out, you can kind of like help yourself a bit more. Yeah through through that and it's probably worth it gotcha so yeah that's that's me what's going on with you yeah i think uh it's been a lighter couple weeks it's funny that you mentioned scaling back on spanish because i did that for the past two weeks i just like took a pause on lessons for two weeks and just yeah i've just kind of had the past two weeks to myself after work 
Uh, there's been a lot of transitions going on in my day job. I think I mentioned possibly last podcast, but my manager departed. And so I have a new manager. We also had a new coach join the team, um, which has been great. But I've been her onboarding buddy for the the past uh, since she joined, so just the past week. Um, but it definitely adds a bit more to your schedule and, and kind of on top of all of the things um, that you're already doing. And I just wanted more kind of uh, headspace after work. So yeah, took a pause on Spanish, but I should be starting that back up again this week. Um, though every once in a while, I think like I like to take a step back from things like that. And then when I go back in, I have a bit of a renewed sense of energy. So um, that's a normal thing for me. Yeah, I think I, it's time for me to do something like that too, where I just like take give myself a little vacation from from that as well. Because yeah, just... Uh, I mean, I always feel bad about like cutting back on, you know, promised hours also for like something that, you know, is like, it, it's kind of like subscription income for our instructor. Yeah. But, you know, so scaling back means it's less income for him. But also, I think it's just like, hey, we got to like do what's good for us and yeah. pr- make sure that we're going to stay excited about it long term. And it's it's a marathon, not a race when you're learning a new language. So. Yeah. The business side of us should tell Julio to like lock us in, in some way, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> as a good friend. Uh, yeah, no, Unlimited I Unlimited lessons for a certain amount or something. <laughs> but like, uh, it's funny. I know. Cause I've talked to him about it. He like hates being prepaid just because it's like not the way that his brain works. Like he really like likes to do the lessons and then get paid. Um, mm. So anyways, but I know like he mentioned that he's been pretty busy too. So uh, yeah, I felt less bad, but yeah, I, he- I hear what you're saying. It's it's also someone's income. Um, but yeah, Spanish is good, but I think uh, I was feeling a bit like just like withdrawn from it. So I'm hoping that when I come back, like it feels a bit different or I've also just been thinking about like if for a period of time I want to learn in a bit of a different way, like lessons are great, but I was like, Maybe just for a while, I just want to do like workbooks and apps and then come back to lessons. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with kind of like mixing it up every once in a while. It's just something I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I feel like I'm still like growing with like what we're doing. And so it's like been helpful in that regard. And we've really hit on something that is working right now. And like, um, but you know, sometimes it takes us a while to like find what that thing is and like what, you know, what works for me and like actually grows um, like my vocabulary as yeah. well as like it keeps my interest versus just like saying a bunch of verbs over and over in like the tenses and and just, you know, yeah. But actually, I mean, just this won't be too. I'll try to keep this quick because it's like mostly for you and I. No worries. But um. But like what we've been doing is kind of I'm sure you've done this too, where you watch these like animation videos with him mm-hmm. and then conjugate them in the past as to like what's going on. And, you know, it's this whole like trying to make the difference between like there's two different types of past uh, and uh, the contextual one and the action kind of one. Yeah. And those were great, you know, but I was watching them and like I just kept using the words that I had. And right that's not very helpful when you have very limited words. So actually what we would do is like, he would write out the story of what's happening there and make sure to like add in new, um, new vocabulary, new verbs that I normally wouldn't use. And once you run through that video, like three times you have like, I don't know, a hundred more words in your vocabulary. Yeah. that's And so we just kind of go through that and it's been really good just because like, otherwise I just don't, I don't know. I just fall back to what I know. Yeah. So or you like, to, like skip small it. parts of the scene because you're just like, that's eh, not that important. And I don't know the word. So the next part is what I'll talk yeah. about. Yeah. I yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of Spanish world. Um, one thing that I did in the past couple of weeks was I tried out super dot. I think it's super dot S O. Right. Super dot C O. The I think notion. It's dot S-O. Something. Yeah. So the idea of it is like, so anyone who's not familiar with notion, it's like, a I don't know. I'm going to call it a note taking app. Would you describe it differently? Uh, no, just like, yeah, that, a great yeah that's one. the core. Um, yeah. <laughs> lots of functionality. And so what Super does is it allows you to kind of just take any of your Notion pages and turn it into a website. So I don't know how long I've had my domain name, but I think probably over 10 years. 
the only thing it has ever done is redirect to my LinkedIn, which like, I don't know. Anyways, it is what it is. I just wanted to own my, uh, my first name as a domain. So I bought it when I was younger. Um, you just have Kalen.com. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I've got a couple of them actually, but for, I had more than I have now, but then every year I was paying so much for domains that I didn't use just because I wanted my name. Um, yeah. So anyways, I have, think I have, I think I have .com .ca .net. I used yeah, to have .org. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I have a .net. It's like, I feel like, yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. of them I think I can drop. Uh, yeah. But the .com was like the, the key one to get. So anyways, I, I set that up. It was fairly easy. I think I reached out to support, but I reached out late at night and it felt like they were kind of responding to me, but then they disappeared and like kind of respond to me and then disappear. So I was like, well, it's clearly like not like you don't have a support team, which I don't think they do because they're pretty small. Uh, it's probably just like a founder or like another person answering. Mm-hmm. Um, the only downside to that is I was like, I kind of felt like if you're going to start responding in a live chat to support, you can't like answer and then disappear, then answer and then disappear. This is like not a good experience for me. It was like 1030 at night. So I was like, I don't get it. Are you here or not? Anyways, mm-hmm. that aside, uh, I think it was just somebody trying to answer questions while doing other things. Um, the issue that I was having wasn't on their side anyways. Um, it was on AWS side. And that's just because like, I don't know. AWS is very confusing to me. And oh, is that where your domain is? Registered? That's that's where my domain is registered. I can't remember why it wasn't initially. But for some reason, I was doing something a few years back and I moved it over to AWS, but it's a little bit more confusing in terms of adding records and how like hosted zones work for their domains. I had like, I I guess I don't really need to get into the details, but high level. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the AWS way. It's not like ease of use. It's more like you can do anything you need to with it. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll show you all those options. So somehow (laughs) by like kind of like, trying to search questions similar to what my issue was. I figured out what it was and then it all seemed to kind of like work by the next day. So I think for anyone else, especially if you're on something other than AWS uh, or if you have not previously messed with any of your AWS settings, it's like a fairly easy setup. You just have to like add records to your DNS and then it should just kind of work. Um, So that was fun. And And what about the process of like setting it up how is that like the page like using the app to build your thing no you don't you just do it in notion like you just you just grab a public link to your notion page and you put that on in and like that's pretty much it i think the only other settings or for how it displays or anything or that's kind of more the only functionality that i can recall is you can choose your font so you can have like fonts beyond what's just available in notion but it's just like you choose one standard font for the whole page and the only other functionality that's available is you can if you have multiple pages on your site since notion links are not very pretty you can like prettify your like slugs of your um pages so you could put in like a one of the sub pages the full notion link and then just say like it should actually say like about me or whatever it is and then it will make the links look nicer this tool is interesting right because like i on the on the podcast like however long ago i made that notion toolkit website and i was basically starting to go into this direction of like yeah. building on top of notion and I kind of backed off and I'm, I have no regrets over that actually. Like it's cool to see that this is succeeding. It's not surprising to me, but like I wasn't comfortable with like the platform risk of like when I read their terms of service, right? It said like, you can't really, you shouldn't intercept the calls and like kind of basically um, put inject stuff into the notion right. pages. Like it not surprisingly goes against their, official terms of service and so i kind of backed off on that even though like i put up this landing page and like never told anyone about it and like immediately had people like two people message me like give me access there's like (laughs) whoa like there's obviously something here yeah and you can see like i think that they've done pretty well like uh, in a very quick time with this i think anything around notion like if you start building like consulting services or any like add-on type things like will be a really good space to be in right now. Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting. That, yeah. Um, I guess two things on that. One, I think there's also additional functionality around metrics, but I actually haven't taken a look at it yet. So I don't can't comment on that. And then just around Notion Consulting, I noticed the other week that they have like endorsed consultants on their site yeah. now. 
and there's not a ton of people. Maybe there was like 12 like or 15. Or yeah. 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 But there's kind of a series of steps that you have to go through. Like you have to like share pages that you've made. You have to comment in communities, like all that kind of stuff. But the bar is not yeah. like super high. I keep, yeah, I keep thinking that like, that's definitely a lucrative space to be in. I just don't know if I'm as passionate about it as other people are. Unfortunately, I'm more passionate about Jira. <laughs> so well you could definitely do that as well like yeah you know like it, but it it's may the, be the yeah. hot thing right now but like i'm sure there is a need for good content on jira integrations and stuff in the same way that like um mary poolin is like doing great content for notion and like it looks to me like her career has been taking off yeah. in that direction like wildfire since we met her at that initial sure. notion uh meetup yeah, in Toronto. I think like the unfortunate thing about Jira is it's like a similar to kind of like Salesforce. They've really also productized becoming an expert in the spaces. So it's like you have to get these certifications and pay this money. And like, it's just like, I don't know. Like I've always hated that kind of stuff. I like, yeah, I'm such a person that like, I, and I'm not against other people getting certifications. I think there's so much value in it. Just like the reality is, is like I grew up as a like a fairly like low income individual. And like, so I think growing up with that mindset, and like getting through university with student debt, the last thing I want to do when I graduated was like, or that I was even able to do is splurge like thousands of dollars on different accreditations, whether that was like becoming a certified scrum master or getting coaching certifications or whatever it is. It just like wasn't within my reach. So I, now I feel like I've even kind of gone to the extreme of like, I like really respect people who also don't go this route. And I think we need to like like take that very seriously because we're cutting out a huge segment of the population by expecting people to have these like certifications that cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So yeah, uh, and I think, yeah. I think you could still do really well without certifying yourself. And, yes. You know, you just got to sell yourself and like, yeah, maybe the companies like the problem is like maybe those enterprise companies are looking for that, that like, right. you know, they've been brainwashed to believe that you need that, um certification but like i i don't know the same thing happens with like aws certified yes, like right whatever um like so that you can be a certified professional to, i yeah. forget even what they call it but you know there's a lot of like enterprise companies or other companies that are like nah like that's bs just yeah. like go learn the stuff and yeah it would be helpful to like do courses on it but like you don't need to go through this like um training that you have to renew every couple of years yeah. for thousands of dollars like yeah i honestly think though like yeah you could find a way like i don't think you need a ton of clients especially if you're working with like people who are using jira like you're probably charging like quite a bit of money to yeah go and consult for them it's the i guess the other big one too is like the pmp which i always have people ask me about it like do you have your pmp how is getting your p and i'm just like oh my gosh the pmp I, I don't even, I probably don't even know enough to comment. All I know is it costs an insane amount of money and you have to keep doing credits every single year. And I believe that you have to essentially continue pouring money into it to keep your certification. And I just, I just, it's not for me. Like that's not my, that's not no. my path. Yeah. And yeah, I think we're in a great spot where the world is like recognizing more and more that yeah. like you can be great at many things without certifying yourself in any way. And you know, that's one thing I realized when I started doing web development and like, you know, just taught myself and would do courses online and stuff. And like, you know, if the demand is there, I think that's key. Like the market yeah. has to have demand for the skill. Otherwise, you start having to like, yeah, just like, you know, go and get your PhD and whatever, just to show that you can like even work at an entry level position in yeah. certain fields. Um, like, you know, in music, like if I wanted to to work in music and uh some official way right. at a larger company like yeah maybe you have to go to like school for composition and um or like whatever it might be like recording arts professional but like most things that you do you could just like build that skill yourself and i don't know i think that's part of what you know going back to like twitter or youtube and like these like channels that you can just like those are some of the cool things that you can share yeah. tips on easily and then find ways to like just grow an audience around it and then people will want to hire you for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And eventually, yeah, you just uh, 
leave the day job, do that yeah. stuff, and yeah, you're golden. But I think, yeah, if anyone is looking for like uh, and are interested in like different tooling or consulting opportunities, the barrier to entry of becoming a certified Notion consultant right now is I'm, I, I'm not saying low in like a rude way, just that like it's very achievable. Um, it's mm-hmm. a platform that's not that difficult to learn. I think you could become like fairly expert at it with like a decent amount of time put into it and you don't have to take courses that cost thousands of dollars. You really just need to like prove that you, you know what you're doing and that you're contributing to the community. So I thought that was pretty cool. I remember a year ago looking for like um, videos on learning notion and stuff. And there was like nothing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even remember stumbling upon Murray's videos, but like um, there was like one guy that had videos out and I was like, wow, this is such a missed opportunity. And then I didn't do anything about it. And like, look at where, like now yeah. there's a ton of people doing it, but I still think it's so early. Like I still I think, think so this is a space that's extremely early and has a lot of room to grow. Um, and it kind of just shows like, don't write things off. Like six months ago, I could have seen like, oh, Marie's already done it. And like, I should just like back off. Like the same thing with any competition. Yeah. Well, whether you call it competition or just like people doing something in a space, like doesn't mean you shouldn't just go after it. Like you're still early enough i think this about like coffee youtube as well like i'm not looking to become a youtuber but like there's this one guy who like has this youtube channel james hoffman and it's like all these coffee videos of like how to you know make espresso how to like right. do pour over coffee and it's like very technical and does really great you know it's just really great content and just because there's one person doing really great content doesn't mean there's not room for other people. Yeah. And even sometimes like searching out opinions. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we just get bored of people too. Like maybe yeah. I've heard you cam talk about coffee enough. I kind of like get your Probably opinions. True. Like, <laughs> but I mean like maybe I watch your channel and like, I think you're great, but I kind of like, I kind of know what your opinions are. I probably after a certain period of time, know what you're going to gravitate towards or recommend. Sometimes it's nice to mix it up too. So I think even for that reason, there's always room um yeah and then exactly specifically yeah. even for the notion space i think like it must have been last winter when we went to that notion meetup and met marie and i think there was an email chain and she even mentioned then like that she had an overflow of consulting clients at that time and that was like mm-hmm. eight months ago probably yeah and i'm sure that's only growing yeah so. cool um what else so one thing this is just like a side note of something i like I was listening to indie. No, I was listening to art of product yesterday and they were mentioning how like indie hackers podcast is like a podcast network now, which I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't really know that. Maybe you knew that. Um, yeah, I saw it happen recently. Got yeah. it. And so I just kind of was poking. They mentioned one podcast and I can't remember the name for the life of me, but the idea, the premise of it was that like, uh, people will come on people who are already like successful, like indie hackers or, or whatever. And they'll kind of pitch an idea that they're not working on, just like an idea that they had they're not actually working on. And then all the people on the podcast will just talk about like how they would get started on it. So I want to find that one and look at it. But it's interesting, actually, as I was going through the Indie Hackers podcast, I think possibly the podcast they were talking about is called Indie Bytes. But even if it's not, I then clicked to go to the Indie Bytes website and their website is a Notion page. And I was like, oh, like it's like everywhere, you know, especially people in this space. One thing that I thought was really cool was they have a table of episodes. Um, this is like very much like doing your work in public. So, and so they have the the guests like name, what product they're talking about, and then they have a status. And so the statuses are published, editing, invited, idea, and then also declined. So like anyone who said no to them is on the declined list. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's like drama. But anyways, I kind of liked it. Yes, yeah, indiebytes.co. But uh, I thought that was kind of like interesting. It's like, I don't know. These three guys on the on the declined list. I wonder why they declined. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Um, yeah, that is that is funny. Ooh, yeah, some some big names declining them, but you know yeah. maybe they'll get them back. Yeah, maybe I think they'll I think invite them again. <laughs> I hope they have like another column that's like you know like initial reach out date, second reach out. Yeah, I want to see how this progresses over time. So I thought that was funny. Um, but yeah, it was also just cool to see like. Oh, just me randomly clicking around took me to another uh, Notion uh, website. And I'm pretty sure it's a Notion page just based on how it looks. But some of the things that they're doing here, I don't know how they got it to visually look like that. So I'm going to try to figure it out. 
yeah i think they're probably just using super if you ask me like because the the whole custom domain unless they know you know the underpinnings of how to do that which is available to figure out yeah but i'm gonna i'll try i'll, I'll maybe i'll tweet at them and then so i think the last thing is is uh the last time we chatted might have been the first time or the second time that we were talking about uh diego and i kind of getting into um the slack app that we want to build which essentially for anyone who didn't hear is like the premise behind it is helping teams rotate tasks through through their team members in an automated way. So there hasn't been too much progress on it. I, I actually was hoping kind of over the next two days that what I want to start doing is just like finish reading through all of the Slack uh, API docs and also just like all of their docs around the different components of their apps. I really want to be able to like understand that quite intimately and then also be able to set up like the open source app that we've been exploring on my own computer. I want to just like really be able to understand how it works and also be able to like take a peek at the code and just try to wrap my head around it a little bit. So I think that's what I'm going to try to do for the next two days. Um, yeah, we're not in like a particular rush with this by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I, I'm excited to kind of dig into that a little bit. And then I think Diego and I will have a little bit over a week off in December and we're not going to see like any family or going anywhere. So that will be like a cool time for us to hopefully collaborate on this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's nice to have those extra days to like to do whatever you want in the next couple of days. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It, it will be a weird one. It'll be my first Christmas of like not of just, yeah, going nowhere, I guess. But yeah, that part will be, yeah, I meant mostly over like tomorrow and the yes, next day. Yeah. But like for, yeah, for the holidays that, yeah, you know, it sucks that it sucks. Yeah. But it is what it at is. At least you're, tr- you know, making the best out of it. Like, you know, working on some fun stuff yeah hopefully it's fun and uh learning along the way oh i i just remembered one other thing especially because if anybody wants to give me advice i'm very open to it i've been working on just like illustrations illustrating being a becoming oh an yeah you gotta show me some of these um, you gonna show me ever uh yeah i could nope. they're not that great <laughs> yet i've been doing like really minimalist vector illustrations so they're also like don't require a lot of skill it's a lot of just like tracing and shapes and that kind of stuff um primarily i've been doing like portraits so when i was younger i used to like i used to do a lot of vector illustrations but like much more detailed ones like flat illustrations were not really like a thing back then like the goal when i was younger when people did these types of illustrations was like making them look as real as possible and yeah skeuomorphic design or something oh i I don't even know yeah we kind of go through those trends of like flat to more realistic and that's super interesting yeah so i like and I used to just like spend hours and hours and hours on it. And so it's so funny. So that I was just kind of like, I don't even know. I, I, I think I was watching a random video about this guy who designs mugs on Etsy. And I was like, I want to design stuff like this mug man has inspired me. I'm going to design things. Um, and mm-hmm. I've always just kind of wanted to do like a series of initially. I like wanted to do like a women in STEM type of series, like just of like all the illustrations. I, uh, but I've kind of actually started with like political figures, like with, women political figures just as like a starting point but i'm also just looking for more tutorials online and stuff to just learn more i've i've never really used illustrator before but it's very similar to photoshop so it's been pretty easy to find my way around though i'm sure there are there is so much functionality that i'm not using so i'm gonna do some tutorials just to like make sure i'm not missing things that would make my life easier yeah that's cool and a free tool is uh figma for anyone else like i think illustrator you need to have creative cloud right or uh so it's i'm i'm paying just for illustrator right now so it's twenty dollars a month yeah okay yeah but yeah i think it's probably not the same in depth like um tooling but like figma you can do some of the stuff too and that's how i've been playing around with some of the animation and like uh illustrations as well i haven't really been doing so much the illustration i'm more like take one and then like add stuff to it right and it is cool just how much you can do with like svg paths and like how i don't know small the file size ends up being i actually really want to learn more about the and i i used to know a bit more about this but like when you read that svg um there's like a path attribute in there and it kind of has these what looks to be gibberish Mm -hmm. inside of it it's like these but it's really a series of um instructions of how to draw the line right oh that's interesting and it will be like start here move over five move down draw a point 
Oh. Uh, and then like, I don't know, I think it includes like how much bend and stuff to give and things like that. Oh, so wow. it's, and it's actually not that complex. Like when you, when you read like what those are, it's just all mashed together. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool in that it's like a, it's not just mashed together like a binary file that is just like random you know kind of needs a computer to understand it like humans can understand it and yeah. so that actually can help you with like animating these things because you can know uh, like oh well i could animate what that specific thing is when it moves over 10 it could move over 20 and yeah um, yeah i don't know animations animation and svg like illustration stuff is super interesting to me yeah I that's really super cool it's also like of it. the whole svg space i definitely don't know a lot about um so yeah, I should do some more research to like understand that as well. One other program, if people or a piece of software that people want to use, is called Affinity that I think a lot of people use, and it's a one-time cost, so not a monthly. My younger brother, who he's doing his PhD, he use he mentioned that he uses it a lot for like figures and illustrations, like for his work. So I tried that one first. Actually, it's interesting how like let's say you're doing like a basic like line illustration. So you're like drawing the points and the line connects and smooths automatically. You can tell the difference between like the, I guess intelligence behind the smoothing of lines in affinity versus illustrator. Like it's like, it was an obvious difference for me. Um, Which one was like more smooth. Illustrator was like much better at like hmm. making like a, the path, like, much more how I wanted it to be. Like it, it really like seemed to do a better job. And it's funny that I just, based on that one thing and me just getting back into it, I chose illustrator. Cause I was like, this is going to make my life a little bit easier right now. Um, yeah, but I yeah. just thought that was pretty interesting. Definitely. Yeah. I noticed the same thing in, in Figma that like it kind of helps you. And even if yes. you just use their pen tool as opposed to, or no pencil, which is like just hold around and draw, it will like smooth that out instead right. of just like, Whereas all these programs used to just be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. just like really ugly lines when yeah. you would do that. And it's getting a lot smarter about trying to figure out what you meant by that. Yeah. It's interesting now how you can make a shape with so, so many less points. Like I remember doing this so long ago and more points was the key to success because you really needed to create that smoothness like by yourself. And now adding more points actually makes it more rough because it's kind of intelligently doing it. So anyways, that's pretty interesting. Um, I forgot what I was going to say next, but uh, oh yeah, I've also, I, I do this all with a mouse. So I don't have like a tablet or a stylus mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I've, it's because I always did it with a mouse. So it's pretty natural to me, but I'd like to try out an external tablet. My older brother, for some reason, we always do things at the same time has also been getting into illustration, but he's been illustrating plants. Um, and so he That's got cool. a tablet. And so I kind of want to like try that as well. Yeah. I um Gabby has this like old tablet and I tried doing it but it just didn't feel it I don't know felt like maybe not as responsive as I was expecting right um but it's also kind of older so I was wondering like I mean I've been trying to hold off on the iPad decision but mm -hmm. I could see a lot of like cool stuff coming from having an iPad in this world yeah and then I don't know I, like yeah I'm I'm debating it I've been a non, like, I've resisted the urge for, like, however long they've been out. I've never owned one. Yeah. And and I uh, just, like, kind of recently have been more, like, a lot of the time I am just, like, once I'm done work or something and maybe I still want to, like, plan some stuff, I end up, like, sitting on the couch because I don't want to be at my desk and my laptop is, like, way too hot to put on my lap. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, actually. That is um, sidebar, I guess. But I'll just sit there with my phone in like Notion or something. And it's like, I know I could actually be more productive with a iPad in that yeah. situation for like certain things. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm just trying to find excuses to spend money here and maybe true. But I kind of like, I kind of felt the same. There. I was like, oh, this could be cool for drawing. Also, it will work better with my spin bike. And But like, then again, I'm just coming up with reasons why I need an iPad. I can do without one. So... I probably Definitely will do, do without, without one for a yeah. while, but like maybe in the future, I don't know. I'm actually that that an interesting point I forgot to mention is just like I'm trying to 
also come up with like my expenses for the year for like my business now right before next year because like offsetting some of the income and like it basically like it helps with taxes and not trying to do anything sneaky here it's just like what expenses would i have in the next year that i can pull forward to offset this income because of the way that i kind of like right you know screwed myself possibly (laughs) like certain like annual memberships to things and stuff like that yeah like trying to yeah convert over some of my my subscription services what's my list right now it was like if i'm gonna get an external monitor Mm. like because mine i was thinking of replacing i had ipad question mark (laughs) lol on here (laughs) books and courses uh like i purchased a book on a database the other day and if there's any other courses that i think i would be like grabbing then i would do that um i need to purchase like you know maybe a chair like i'm sitting on a stool right now that is like really uncomfortable so like if i'm going to get these things in the next year then like it actually makes a lot more sense to do them in the next bit even though it's like christmas time and all those expenses are coming up and we're moving but it just it actually makes more sense it's also your birthday month though so treat yourself yeah, it is. You as well. Yeah, eh? our birthday buddies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost our birthday month. December will be. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I think that's pretty much it for me. Uh, anything else from your side before we wrap it up? No, let's wrap it. Okay. Uh, if anyone's looking to find us or chat, you can find us on Twitter at WorkPals. Bye. Take care.